There's things I've been wanting to say, but they might offend somebody. And I'm to the point where I don't care anymore. Because that's the whole point of my show, right? It's so that I can say what I want, when I want, and to a certain point not care about what everybody else thinks. Because for those of you who like my show, great. But like I said in the beginning, there's going to be some of you that absolutely does not like my show. Because some of you will be offended by what I say. Or you won't go along with what I believe in. Well, it's too late, you know. I am a Jesus Christ believer. And a believer of the Almighty God. And I believe that there's a heaven and a hell, and I also believe that time is running out for those of you who do not believe in those things, because everything that is said in Revelations is taking place in this world right now, and if you don't believe me, check it out yourself, okay? Do I believe that we're going to go to war with China and Russia before God comes back? No, I don't. But I do believe that there will be a peace treaty that is signed and then all hell is going to break loose. And I believe that the rapture will happen way before then because the Bible does not say anything about prepping before the end times. You know that show preppers where they stock bottles and stock batteries and all that? Well, me and my family, we almost turned into one of those families that did that. But we chose not to eventually because the Bible says do not live by fear. Do not live every single day waiting for me to come. Live like you normally would until I do come. Because he will come like a thief in the night. And that's all there is to it. And there is no reason for us to go to war with anyone before that happens. But there is going to be a reason for the world to go to war after it happens. People are going to be told different things. There's going to be a certain amount of people that get saved immediately because they're going to say, Oh, Aunt Bobby was right, or my Aunt Mickey was right, or Uncle Jimmy was right. I should have really listened to those people. There is a God, and there is a Jesus, and there is a heaven, and there is a hell. And they're going to know right then that all of the alien story bullshit is wrong. Excuse my language, but yes. Why do you think Universal Studios shoves down every single alien movie they can down our throats? It's so that when it happens, and I'm not saying they believe it will, 
but it's Satan's game, by the way. Remember when we've talked about that now, how Satan will use us as tools because that's all the power he has is mind play. So there will be a good bit of people that believe after the rapture happens that we were taken by aliens, and I feel very sorry for those people. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be jealous or scared shitless that a whole bunch of spaceships are going to come back and shoot up the planet. But guess what? That's not what they should be scared of. What they should be scared of is when we do go to war with Russia and World War Three happens and water will turn into blood and there will be atomic bombs and there where the air will be so thick with smog that nobody will be able to breathe. You won't be able to buy a gallon of milk or a loaf of bread with a pile of gold and that's all there is to it. And that is why it is so important that we take today in and start putting our words into work. Because if you believe in God, then you need to do something more about it than just going around talking about it. And that's what I want for my kids. That's what I want for my family. I haven't had a car in a while, and I've been sick. And then we've got my parents who do have a car, but they don't always agree sometimes with my children about who should ride with who. So there's always some reason why we don't make it to church on Sunday. But as of next week, I guarantee you, my whole family's going to be in church again because I'm putting a stop to it right now. There's not going to be any more laying around on Sunday mornings, no stuff. I need to put in as much of the Bible as I can into my children, and so should you. You know... I've said it before and I'll say it again. God loves us all. There's not a single person in the world that he doesn't love. And he created all of us. And the language barriers happen for a reason. I need to look it up so that I can tell you guys about it. Because there are so many people that don't understand why a bunch of people speak different languages. 
when they were trying to build the towers up to heaven, they wanted to reach heaven. And I say tower, they probably said temple, but you know what I mean. And they were so focused on it. More focused than doing what God was trying to tell them to do. So what did God do? He split us up. And he caused different groups to speak different languages so that we could no longer understand each other. Because it was so dangerous for us to understand each other at that time. I used to listen to rock bands like Cool, which I guess is a little bit heavier than rock bands because I've heard at some of their concerts people have actually killed themselves or at least attempted to. However, I was sucked into them for a while because they had this song called Learn to Swim. And it talking about California going underwater and it's talking about you know fuck your Prozac and your lattes and your dumbfounded dipshits and all that stuff and it goes learn to swim learn to swim don't worry about saving each other save yourself and learn to swim learn to swim And it's like, they almost got it, but not quite, you know? And then I remember asking my parents, what about the people that do commit suicide? Are they going to go to heaven? And you know what? I don't even remember what they said at the time. But I do know my answer now for myself. And this is how I see it. That every case is different. And I truly believe that. And here's why. Because the Bible doesn't talk a lot about killing themselves. It talks about Christians and non-Christians. And the fact is, is that I can see someone being so ill that they can't take it anymore. And they get a family member to euthanize them. And if that person was a believer in God all the way and loved Jesus Christ with all their heart and had faith, yes, I believe there's a chance that that person could go into the kingdom of God. Am I saying that suicide is okay? No, I'm not. But then you have my friend, for example. I'm not going to say his last name, but his name was Chris. And he was my second love. 
I mean, I feel hard for this boy. He saw us like brothers and sisters, which eventually became a problem for us because <laughs> we had done things that brothers and sisters shouldn't do. However, he just didn't love me the way that I loved him. And it hurt, but I've always loved him so much. And when I heard that he was missing one day, had fallen apart. I was, I wasn't even 30 years old yet. And I heard that everybody was going on search parties and I couldn't go at the time because, you know, my kids, they were They were 10 and 8 years old, and it's not like I couldn't have left him with my parents, but I kept telling myself, you know, he's just out. I mean, he had just lost his girlfriend because it turned out that she was a completely different person than he thought she was, and they were engaged to be married. Yeah. I mean, one of the weirdest things she did, and I thought she was a real sweet girl, but she had been staying with someone for a while whose house later on was totaled by the big tornado that came through Tuscaloosa, the biggest one we've ever had to this day. It was a mile wide. And it came through Tuscaloosa, tearing up so many cities. But anyway, she went and claimed through the Salvation Army that she had still been living with the friend whose house got demolished. And they cut her a $150,000 check. <laughs> Because she had the thing to her to his house and she signed her name as car owner and everything and they thought that it was an old signature. Like she drew to another piece of paper so that it would go through and look like an old signature and everything. So she was very smart but at the same time very stupid because when he found out about this because he went and tried to collect money they said I'm sorry, but <laughs> your fiancé came and collected the money, and he w was never engaged to her. They were just friends at the time while living together, but at one point they were, they were boyfriend and girlfriend. And when she didn't have a place to stay, he let her stay there, and she had only stayed there for a couple months. But she took off with the almost 200 grand. <laughs> And uh, they put a warrant out for her arrest. And, um, oh, it broke Chris's heart. Because, first of all, he didn't know that that's where she went to go stay while they were fighting. And it turned out that she had been sleeping with him. 
not with them, but they were sleeping together, though. So she cheated on my boy, and he went and got back on drugs because of it. And it wasn't the only reason. He was strong-willed than that. But his father was on him. Like Light on Rice all his life. And if he didn't do something right, he made Chris feel like he was a loser. And, uh... Chris, he used to go to Hillcrest High School. And some of you, you're not going to recognize the name of that school, but it was a good school at the time. At the time. And Chris loved music, so he was a band geek because he played the drums. I mean, really played the drums. Oh, he was so good. He really could have been something serious. At one point, him and a few of my other friends got together and asked me if I would be the singer, like the girl that would step in to put some words to their beats and stuff and do a real recording. And I said yes, but everybody, they didn't break up as friends, but everybody went different directions. And uh, we never ended up doing that. Which was sad, because they did work really hard on some songs. They just never completed them, and never had me sing for them. But anyway, those memories will always still stay in my heart, because my brother was involved in one of, the, one of them. So, yeah, so Chris's dad was really hard on him, you know. And he just made him feel like such a loser. And I think that some dads think that if, they're, if they soften up too much on their sons, that their sons will go soft. I don't think his dad truly realized the effect that he was having over Chris until it was too late. But by this point in his life, because he had started doing drugs again, he had lost his job. First he lost his girl, then he got back on drugs after getting into a fight with his dad. And then the getting back on drugs also caused him to lose his house, his home, that he had a mortgage on. <laughs> so... In his young mind, he felt and thought that he had lost everything. And this was a sweet boy that used to sit in my mom's lap. I mean, growing up, he had some kind of incident, I guess. I think, and I could be wrong, but I think it happened when he was in Little League or... Well, he was at least real young when he played baseball, and a ball hit his nose, and it caused his nose to go sideways. And he had a D 
feel with his nose being sideways all the way up until he was about 19 years old. And I met him when he was 15. We didn't date until he was about 16, but I mean, first day I met him, I was head over heels and I saw past the nose thing. It didn't bother me at all. And I kissed him the very first day. I remember because my brother and his friend Gary Hussey, whoops, I said a last name, I'm sorry. <laughs> my brother and his friend Gary, we were meeting at Lake Nickel, which is, you know, a place where people go to jump off cliffs or have picnics or go on trails and stuff in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and, um, so, yeah, but then there was a few other people there, my brother was there, and then there was even more people there, Dana and Misty, and I believe our boy Alex was up there, along with even a couple others, maybe, but anyway, my, even though my brother was driving Gary back to our house, because Gary was actually staying with us at the time, my mom had a way with taking in strays whenever we said that our friends didn't have a place to stay, she always let them stay, and then boom, they're moved in, <laughs> and they'd end up staying with us for a long time. And Gary was one of those people. But anyway, um, I rode to Lake Nickel with my brother. And I rode back with my friend Chris Smith. And I remember... Chris had this really hot, cool red car, just like my brother did, and they were kind of racing each other, but I didn't realize that Chris was really racing, racing my brother, and even took a different shortcut, but it was, instead of a shortcut, it was a long way home, because he reached over and we held hands, and he kissed me. <laughs> And he actually thought that I was 14, and actually I was 13, fixing to be 14. <laughs> but later, that didn't matter by the time he found out anyway. But, oh, I was head over heels with him. So later on, when we had gotten back to the house, I remember Gary saying, what are you doing with Billy's sister, huh? <laughs> what were y'all doing? And I thought that we had really hit it off, but this other girl who had a boyfriend whose name was Ben, she was kind of goth, kind of girly, but her and Ben had, had broken up, and she swooped in 
and caught Chris's eye right as I was fixing to ask him to be my boyfriend. And it was too late. I lost him. <laughs> Young people, close your ears. Because I'm fixing to say something unchristian. But, um, after Ben and Chris, I mean, after uh, Mary and Chris broke up, the girl that kind of stole them from me, I mean, literally right out from under me, because she knew <laughs> that me and Chris were just involved a little bit. <laughs> I was very hurt. Not by him, but by her, because he didn't realize how much I liked him until it was too late. Because Mary was talking to him knowing that I liked him, and Chris didn't realize it because I hadn't told him yet. By the time I told him, he was already with Mary. So I had to see them come over together, and it, it really hurt me, but... I did not let that get in the way of having a great friendship with him. And later on, that friendship evolved into a sexual one for a long time. And we always told each other that if we never got married to anybody else, that we would marry each other. We were great friends, man. But yeah, so... Everybody was looking for him. He was homeless, girlless, jobless, and a huge search party was out and about looking for him. But I didn't see it as a big deal. I thought maybe, you know, he just didn't want to be found and he was out getting high. And of course I was worried about him. And of course that was a big deal. But I didn't think that I'd never talk to him again because he had just messaged me a few days before, see, when I had my own trailer just a few miles down the road from where I live now. Because I live on the lake now. And I lived on 98 over by Firehouse Road, which isn't even two miles away from here. And I had messaged him, and I was single at the time, and I said, hey. My mom has the kids for the night. Do you want to come over? And he said, absolutely. I haven't seen your new place yet. And I said, yeah. And it's clean, too. <laughs> and uh, he said, okay, well, I've got to go home and go take a shower. I, you know, I just got off of work. And I said, okay. And this was before he lost his job and everything. Him and his girl had already broken up. You know, he hadn't lost his job yet. And, uh, he was going to come over. And I was really excited to show him my place because he had never come over to a place where it was just mine, you know? Especially with no kids around. So, in my mind, I was like, maybe this is it. Maybe we can finally actually develop a relationship. Because neither one of us was tied down. <laughs> well, he had messaged me later on and said, uh, can we talk about maybe seeing each other this 
upcoming weekend, and that way maybe if I end up staying the night or something, or two nights, lol, <laughs> um, it, we can actually go out and have some drinks and maybe go dancing, and I said, yeah, that sounds great. And then it was right after that that he went missing. Because he got evicted from his house, fired from his job, and all went to hell from there. I mean, his dad really laid it on him, called him a loser, and said stuff like, you know, I thought I raised a better son than this, and so anyway, <clears throat> my boyfriend that I had broken up with when I had invited Chris over, he had asked me out for a date, and mm -hmm. He had used to live with me, so I was going to let him come back and spend a couple of days with me because the kids had missed him. And my mom apparently had called him and talked to him first and said, you really need to bring Chelsea home to our house, the place where I'm talking right now on the lake. This was just their place at the time. and. And said, he said, why, what's going on? And he said, uh, her friend Chris committed suicide. And he knew that I was not going to take it well at all. And uh, he said, we're going to go to your mom's for dinner, okay? And he said, oh, you cooking for me tonight? And I said, okay. <laughs> well, he was so quiet all the way to my house. I could tell something was wrong, but at the same time, I thought maybe he was just upset that maybe he wanted to spend time with me, so I was trying to let it go, and at the time, I still smoked cigarettes, so I was smoking one cigarette after another, and I was thinking to myself, please, don't let there be any bad news, because I can't handle anymore, because I've had enough of bad news in my life. And when I got home, my mom was waiting for me on the back porch. And uh, she had been babysitting the kids since I was with George. And she told them, you know, to go play video games or something. So I knew it was really bad because she left the spaghetti boiling on the stove and turned it down and said, I need to talk to you. Turned out that his, Chris's dad was drinking, and while he was drinking one night, it was about 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, and all of a sudden it dawned on him that he hadn't gone to Chris's favorite spot yet. I mean, why would he be under a bridge, you know? Why? Chris used to go down there to shoot the shit, and... He, whenever he got angry at his dad, and he would just go down there and throw rocks or fish. There was this little stream beside the bridge, 
Or he would spray paint graffiti a little bit or smoke a joint when he was younger. But anyway, it dawned on his dad. And I mean, all the search party of friends, they were all in bed and stuff, you know, thinking to themselves, he's from somewhere getting messed up. He's going to call us and he's going to be okay and we'll get him into rehab and we'll get him some help. But it was too late. He had shot himself in the head, and his dad had found him in a half foot of water. So, the coroner said that if someone had found him just shot, because he shot himself the wrong way, that he would have actually lived. But because he fell in the water after shooting himself, he drowned there was water in his lungs. He went to church growing up. He sang in the choir. And he loved music. And he talked to mom, my mom about God all the time. My mom was a great counselor. Especially when it came to my friends. You know, none of us are as good with our kids as we are with other kids and it's really not too hard to figure that one out it's because we can handle this person that we're not raising we can handle their bigger problems a lot better than we can our own kids problems i wish i had known that when i was younger because i was always so jealous because my friends were so connected with my mom, and they said she was so easy to talk to, and I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I never got it until later, until it was too late. But nothing's ever too late, because now I have a wonderful relationship with my mom, and I'm finally starting to have a good relationship with my dad, even though... We didn't get along because we're so alike. You gotta talk to your kids about suicide. You gotta talk to your kids about God. You gotta let them know that no aliens are coming to get us. That no mothership is gonna land on Earth and attack us. And that if World War III happens, it's going to be because the Bible predicted it. And if they're here when that happens, it's because they weren't saved and it was too late before you told your children about God and taught them the Bible. So you have got to use the time that you have which is now. Do it before it's too late. Because the next time you say goodbye to one of your kids who's 16 or 17 and they have a driver's license and they could get into a car accident or their school could get shot up 
for a shootout to take place downtown while they're just going to shopping for a prom dress at consignment shops or something and one thing leads to another and it's your child that takes the bullet because two gangs were retaliating against each other and your daughter was just there at the wrong time. There's so many things that could happen. Do you really want any of those things to happen before you tell them about their Savior, Jesus Christ, and why he was born in the first place so that he could die on the cross for our sins? Yes, God spares all of his children. But after a certain age, you're not a child anymore. In some countries, women, girls, marry at 11 and 12 years old. So when God says, come little children, come on to me, he's not talking about 12 and 13 year olds. I was saved for the first time at five years old. So by the time a child can comprehend there being a God and there being a devil, that's when God considers them to be of age. And I don't think that you want anything to happen or I don't think you want something to happen to you before it's too late, before you can tell them the truth about God before you go, because then they may never find out, and they could go down a really dark path if you died before they knew about God, and they could get mixed up in a bad crowd, and I don't think that's what you want to Sorry if I sound very melancholy today. I don't really believe in those types of words, but I'm using it so that I can at least relate to some of y'all listening to me, and so that you can relate to what I'm saying, at least. The fact is, is that there's no better time than the present to give your heart to God. And to hand over all your mistakes to him and say, God, I'm sorry for all the mistakes I made. I'm sorry for not having been a better wife or a better mother or a better daughter. Or a better husband or a better father to my son. Or a better boyfriend or a better girlfriend. Or a better grandmother or a better grandfather. Maybe you have adopted kids. I don't know your situation. But I do know this. We are all God's children. However, until we turn our hearts over to God, we are not saved.
all you have to do is say one little prayer to get started. And if you don't know how to pray, I'll help you. Say after me. Father God, I come to you today as a sinner but as a child of God that took a wrong path or that made the wrong decisions my whole life because I tried to fix things myself and never gave you the time of day. Right now I ask for forgiveness for every single sin I've ever committed. For every time I chose the world over you. For every time I went against your book and went with my selfish ways instead. I'm sorry, God. And I ask your son, Jesus Christ, right now, to come into my heart to cleanse my spirit and my soul. And I ask the Holy Spirit pour over me so that I may be cleansed and whole again. Thank you, God. Thank you for giving me this chance to start new. I will start reading the Bible and I will try to be a better person like how Jesus was, and I will try more and more every day. And I will start being a different person, the person that you created, starting right now. And I will pass it down to my children and my children's children. And I will break all of the chains or family curses in my family that have gone on for years and I will stop them this minute and it will start with me. I give you my whole heart, my whole body and my whole mind and I turn it all over to you. In Jesus almighty name I pray. Amen. That's all you have to do. And you can say it in your own words. One of the most important things you can do is to have a real relationship with God. Talk to him as if he's right there because he is right there. He's everywhere. Why do you think people run? They're not running from themselves. They're running away from something, but it's not themselves because you can't run from yourself. They're running from God. Why do you think Adam and Eve, after they sinned, all of a sudden felt ashamed and realized that they were naked? And what did they do? 
they went and covered themselves with leaves. And then they hid in the bushes, thinking that they could run from God. And then God said, why do you hide behind those trees? You know I can see where you are. You know I'm right here. And you feel like you're naked because you committed a sin. And that makes you feel guilty. And now you feel guilty for being naked. And I gave you all of this. And this is what you do in return. And they said, I'm so sorry, God. And it was too late. That was the first sin. And it won't be the last because people are going to keep sinning until God comes back. But the fact is, is that you've got to start being a Christian and living as one today. And you will still make mistakes. But he will still forgive you. The first step is giving your heart to God. The second step is asking for forgiveness. And the third is trying to live like the Son, Jesus Christ, and preaching the Word. Not being a preacher, but teaching your children the stories of the Bible so that they can grow up as Christians as well. It's our job as parents to teach our children the truth. And if we don't do that, then we have failed as parents. And there will be judgment on Judgment Day for those that don't. And I want my mansion in that big blue sky. I'm ready. The ones that get people saved. They're building up their treasures in heaven. Money is not the root of happiness. It's the root of all evil. And that's why we fight over it. That's why we kill for it. That's why people have sold their bodies for it. Money is not of God. But it is the way of the world. And that's why God says, put me first. And when he says, don't worship things, he's trying to say, don't put money or work or things like new clothes or new houses before me. That's all he's saying. So go out there. Be a new you. Get baptized. It's so important to get baptized. Because you are cleansing all that dirty off that you've been carrying around. All that weight that you've been carrying around for so long. And no, it's not like the movies. But it can be. Because every single time you pick up that Bible and read actually read it you will you will feel new and your faith will build and if your faith gets strong enough and you're sick you can heal your own body or you can heal others but that is for another time Thank you for listening.
This is Chelsea Hallow on foot of the cross. Father God, we thank you that this has been a good time. I hit recording because I felt like there was something that needed to be said. And I pray right now that the right people listen to it, Father God. This is why I do this podcast right here. This is the reason. And also, when I hear me say these things, it reminds me to go and practice what I preach. To go and be the mom that I tell everybody else to be to their children. And that also goes for you, dads. Because the mother could walk out that door just like you can any minute. You don't think that just because you're a man, you have options. Because when you get married, you're married. And it's not a job. It's a life. A life that you chose. And it is sacred. And cheating you want out of it so you can sleep around then break it off first don't be a coward don't hurt her and don't hurt him love one another love your children put God first and family second and you will go far farther than anyone that's it for today thank you for joining me in this episode until next time